I will take what is mine with and blood. Welcome to the Make Westeros Great Again podcast, the greatest podcast that ever was or will be, the podcast that will mount the world. We drink because it feels good. We podcast because it feels good. We are here to cover HBO's Game of Thrones, and most importantly, we are here to make Westeros great again. My name is Kevin of House Jetpack. And my name is Andrew of House Merman. We are here today to talk about the 10th episode of Season 6 of Game of Thrones, entitled The Winds of Winter. So, Kevin, what did we learn? We learned that the uh, OSHA, the Westerosi OSHA, is going to have some fits with King's Landing for storing their flammable fluid Mm. in an improper area. Yeah, you need to turn off your propane this summer when you're grilling. I think we definitely learned that from this episode. Well, is it a coincidence that OSHA dies at the hand of hand of Ramsey, and Hello. then there's OSHA violations all over the place? All over the place. Where are these inspectors, man? They are struggling. All right. I also learned, Andrew, that the little birds, you know, they sound like kind of fair and cute on the surface. Do not mess with them, especially they are when they not, have knives. They are not cute. They are, they are not, not adorable. <laughs> they are scary. That was the most frightening part of the episode. I put that up against the whole mountain and Septa, what's her name, part as the most frightening part of the episode. Those kids with the music and like the little baby knives. Oh, man. Although, no, do you know what no it good. takes to establish a network of spies slash dagger children? Apparently, all it takes is a bag of Skittles. That's it. Like, that's all that's those it. kids wanted was just a little bit of candy so and someone easy. to be nice to them. That's so all it easy. takes. Like this should be uh, something that people do more often, but yeah, or not? Easy. No, just maybe not more often. <laughs> you know, and we also learned just when you're in Westeros, don't eat the pie. Never eat the pie. Don't if you, um, if, you if you don't see it prepared. It's kind of like stadium food. If you don't mm-hmm. see them prepare it, don't eat yep. it. Right. Speaking of uh, violations of of code. I'm pretty sure that has got to be some Westerosi food code violation of what just went down there. But, uh, you know, I never know. Maybe, maybe that's not been established yet. I think you and I are here to probably talk about those types of things. Not this amazing episode. Uh, episode 10, Andrew, up there with the best, right? You know what? I've watched it twice now. I think it may be my favorite of all time. I've got to compare it. I've got to have some distance. I need to actually sit back a couple weeks so Uh I can think about everything as it comes together. But I think it's probably going to be my favorite episode. It was pretty epic. The music was so good. And the shots everywhere across the board. Mr. Uh, Miguel Sapochnik, just dude, sign him up. Let him do the directing for the rest of time because he killed it in these last two episodes. I think all the people that were talking about how the last episode is in their top three or four or five, like they just got to like, they're gonna have to kick something else out now. Like this one was so good and better by the way, than last episode. It was, I will not listen to anyone that says otherwise. Well, in terms of overall, advancing the story, you know, the importance to the show. This one was a lot better. I mean, last week had a lot of cool stuff with a battle, but in terms of, you know, the whole package, this was, uh, you know, pretty hot fire. It was hot fire emoji, definitely. hot fire. Well, Kevin, tell the folks at home what we're going to do today. Today, we are going to go through, <laughs> Andrew, a pretty extensive box score this time. We've had a couple episodes with a pretty small box score, a pretty large one this time. We obviously have some wildfire hot takes from this episode. We have a ton to talk about there. And then, of course, Andrew, we have to close with a few Book of Bros, Book of Brothers, and the It Is Known prediction segment, which we will give some predictions not just for the next episode, Andrew, but maybe a couple for the next season. More general general more more you know High the level. show going forward right what we think will happen what we want to happen we'll just, we'll play with it but first kevin sure. let's talk about the box score and the statistic we're concerned about mostly is kills sure okay as the official scorekeeper for the box score of mm-hmm. game of thrones you know i am the official scorekeeper 
only because I'm self-appointed and you don't want to do it. No, and you're so good at it. You're I'm so no, no, I'm not good at it. I think as you're we've so seen good. from last no, week. Let anyone tell you. As you're we've so seen good. from last week, I'm not good at it. So let's just start <laughs> off with the elephant in the room. If uh, we're talking about Silicon Valley, but if we're talking about the elephant in the room, it's how many people did Cersei actually kill? Hmm. Okay, so this is how I did this. Okay. Can Can you take a guess? Did you have you looked at our sheet? Can you, if you had a guess, how many people? You think she would have killed of people who were shown on screen who are no longer with us. What number would you think it'd be? So it has to be people shown on screen? Right. I just can't guess that there's people like outside in the little hallways. I don't know, man. That was a city block. Like there's got to be like some ushers in there that got killed. Like the people I'm not, that I can't like, assume their that. seats. Yeah, I can't. There's got to be some ticket takers <laughs> to get inside there. I mean, that was the hottest ticket in town. Think about it. Like that shit was going on aftermarket, like serious prices to go see Cersei's trial. Come on. Well, uh, can you take a guess? Just like if, if, if generally. So I'm going to give you my number of people that I counted. But if you had okay. to guess, generally, let's let's count all those people. How many people do you think she? murdered i would say like at least like 300 okay i counted 150 in the room you literally and, counted yeah so this is how i did this i took i was on my computer watching on <laughs> hbo go just for the specific purpose and i took a screenshot and oh then God. i went back and i counted and then there was a little bit of uh there's probably 10 in that section uh there's probably <laughs> and i wound up at about 150 and Does once it matter, again, yeah, Does if it you, matter? No, well, if you want to challenge it, no, go I'm ahead getting and do at it. Cersei, Cersei blew everyone away, though, right? Right, in terms of the betting, she actually, but I'm trying to be accurate. Okay, fair um, enough. But in, in, so if you have a better way of doing it, if you want to go back and count and challenge my 150 mark, be my guest. Until then, we'll leave it at 150. So in the room, it was 150 people. But most importantly, Mace Tyrell. Marjorie Tyrell, Loras Tyrell, the High Sparrow, Lancel Lannister was kind of like down in the little catacombs, and right. I want to just give my condolences to, condolences to you right now. We haven't talked about this. Um, your boy Kevin Lannister did not make it. I'm struggling today. I mean, I'm on <laughs> like my 14th glass of wine here. I'm just trying to drink my sorrows oh, away. I I know that you're the defender of the faith of. Of Kevin, Kevin. Lannister. You know, he's the hero that we need and the hero we deserve. I know he was, man. He oh. he, he did a pretty good job as Hand of the King to Tommen, but uh, unfortunately did not make it out. So Cersei blows everybody out of the water with the most kills probably we've seen. You know, maybe if we go back and count Blackwater, you know, Braun gets all those kills. But I don't think he gets to 150. Cersei has definitely made an... Uh, a Hall of Fame moment, an MVP yeah. statement. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you think back, Kevin, Cersei didn't even make the All-Star team when we had the All-Star break after episode five. She didn't deserve it. She didn't even make the All-Star team. She's and a second-half she player. She is <laughs> making a case to be the MVP of the season. Wow. Yeah. Pretty you incredible. Know. Uh, you know, anytime we have a big green explosion of wildfire, uh, it leads to a lot of spectacle uh, in sure. the show. I think my top two favorite episodes may have uh, include giant green fireballs. Mm hmm. I think you're uh, you're right there. I think you're right. Uh, I guess let's move on. I mean, there are a few others in the box score. Kyburn had a kill i think we can give it to kyburn even yeah, though it was the kids killed it kid kids killed him but i think we can give it to kyburn i think that's fair and then aria stark andrew coming from nowhere uh with three kills walder frey and then uh the old frey boys uh, right so we only saw her kill walder but i think because we saw their meat in the pie we can confirm that, that she did that like we can yeah we can go, we can pinpoint it to her. So we can give her three. I'm comfortable with that. Actually, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with like the idea of it, but I'm comfortable with the, with like the reasoning. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if you're familiar with South Park, but this is a very similar South Park episode where, where Cartman doesn't like this fourth grader named Scott Tennerman. And then he grinds his parents up into chili and then feeds it to him. 
this is kind of uh, not too far off from that. That's terrible. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> terrible. It's, it's when you start to realize that, you know what, Carbon's not all fun and games. And Arya, not all fun and games anymore. Not all fun she and games She was this either. little cute kid, and you know, she was pretending to be a boy. You're like, oh yeah, she's going to join this murder cult. That'd be great. That'll be a stitch. Mm-hmm. That's her mm-hmm. buddy. She's just hanging out with her buddy. Uh, not so cute and adorable anymore. No, she is putting in work. Although, you know what? She got maybe second place on the uh, on the MVP of the episode. Maybe second or third. She she made some moves this uh, this week, and well, she crossed a few names off her list. She well, she did. And Great let's name. move on yeah. and talk about that. The MVP of the episode, and just to remind you, Kevin, and remind everybody at home, the criteria for the MVP of the episode is whatever you want it to be. Who did the most to advance their cause? Who was the most badass or just because? I'm going to give you some candidates, Kevin. Cersei Lannister. Your girl, Cersei. Finally becoming, you know, the villain she always wanted to be. We had a villain vacuum and she filled it. Well, Ramsey's dead and then she immediately steps up. Yeah, we had a villain vacuum and we no longer have a villain vacuum. It was that easy. One episode. She's even wearing like villain shoulder pads. They're yes, sweet. I mean, like, I want those. That's a, that's a lady design costume, like, but uh, I, I would walk around type. with those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay, so Cersei is a candidate. She most kills maybe ever in Game of Thrones in a single episode and uh, became queen. Like, that's something we forgot yeah, about. She, she, we don't know the back room dealings or how she became queen, we just know that she did. Yeah. But who else were they going to declare? It's not like they were going to call a council. Everybody else from the major houses The council's dead. gone. <laughs> yeah, everybody else is dead. Uh, so she's like, not nah, me. And then if anyone would have said no, I mean, the mountain's standing there. So, you know, right. just make her a little new tiara, make her a new crown. She is the new queen. I will tell you that she was not the Twitter pick. On what? the Twitter poll, Leanna Mormont was the Twitter winner for oh, the geez. MVP of the episode. I think if you put Leanna Mormont in any kind of poll, yeah. uh, you could put Leanna Mormont in the poll for President of the United States, and she would probably garner 80% of the vote. So she's kind of one of those popular picks, and rightfully so. She's kind of awesome. Yeah, you know, House Mormont remembers, and she got up and, and gave her hype speech, and honestly, she did a really good job. We're going to talk a little bit more about this later, but she did a really good job. So I'm with you there uh, as at least as a, a candidate. And then, Angie, we also have Aria, we, who we talked about just a minute ago. She crossed some names off her list. She's obviously got the uh, what's it called? Shape shifting. Is that what it, is that what it is? Face no. changing well, or no, well, wait, she's how a is, faceless it man, faceless man, face switching. Face I don't know. There's switching, no like, word for shape, it. Is that? What is shape shifting? I think that's a thing that I made up. Or is that a thing? Well, it's from other television programs. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> like like Star Trek Next Generation or Oh, okay, or, lost me. Never mind. Right. So like, right. there's they, there's no shapeshifters that we know of in Game of Thrones, but what she she just has, you know, new masks almost like Tom Cruise in She looks Mission taller. Impossible. Well, she's not that short anymore. I mean, she has grown up a little bit. Okay, but that has been a question about how do you fake being someone that's taller or shorter. But yeah. I think I, it wasn't that big of a difference, so I'm gonna let it slide. It's not like Fair she's enough. pretending to be the I mountain. Am I am too. I'm letting it slide totally. And then Andrew, how could we forget Daenerys Targaryen is on a ship heading across the narrow sea? Finally, is this a thing? Well, just to tell you how crazy this episode was. We've been waiting for Danny to get on ships to Westeros for six years, right? For six <laughs> yeah. years. So yeah. for six seasons. And she was last place in the Twitter straw poll for MVP of the really? episode. Yeah. We've been waiting for it for six years. You know, and, and all she did, to be fair, all she did this episode was just get on the boats and break up with Dario. Well. And know, give uh, Tyrion some flare <laughs> that was pretty nice flare it was just some pretty epic shots overneath over like overhead though like looking down she was looking very stately i think i mean if she's if she, just a stately look was enough for me 
to give her some some possible MVP points. You know, and another thing to talk about. Uh, so Danny's sailing to Westeros. Well, so she should consider Jon Snow did become King of the North. Right. You know, that's that's important. So we now have basically three teams, three solidified teams going into these final seasons. We've got the, the North Stark expansion team really, you know, won the North. Uh, you've got Team Cersei, whatever that is. And then you've got this super team, all-star team uh, with Daenerys. So, you know, those are all flushed out, and that's with John becoming king of the North. And we learned who John's parents were. Right. Too much that? in this episode. Too much. There was a lot. There was a lot. I have one fifth candidate. That's well, have, that I'd like we to have throw five. Out John there. was the fifth. You have one more. Oh, I, have, I have a sixth candidate for you to throw out there. There's so many. There's so many candidates. So much. Went, so much went down. But what about Varys? Ooh. Andrew. And here's why. From like episode one, season one, episode two, or whatever, Varys has been putting this thing in motion. Okay. And Varys has been making the rounds. He's been to Westeros. He's been to Essos. He's been all over the place in the background, behind the scenes, moving his chess pieces. And he's finally got this thing in motion. He's got Danny ready to roll. He's got the people ready to receive her. I think he had a pretty good episode, too. I think so. I think Varys is the general manager for mm-hmm. Team Targaryen, yeah. for Team Danny. Definitely. You know, you think about these other teams, Cersei is always going to be her own general manager. She's going to be the coach. She's going to be the star. She's going to be the GM. And oftentimes, like Jerry Jones, not going to work out too well. Right. In the North, Uh, is the North, do they have a similar setup? What's what's Davos? Davos the Hand? Yeah. Sansa Sansa might be the GM. She kind of does some background controlling. You're right. right. I just know that Varys is like the, the front office person of the year like whatever they oh yeah that, that title is we should have an award for that <laughs> we definitely executive should. of the year front executive office executive of the year, of the year. <laughs> all right we'll, we'll have a category for that you know in our year-end uh yeah, wrap definitely. up year-end definitely. votes okay kevin so right. you pick you got six candidates we've got cersei leanna mormont Arya stark there's targaryen john snow and varus the spider who do you pick I'm going with Cersei. Oh, yeah. It's too clear. I mean, clear winner. She's sitting on the throne. She killed all the haters with, like, no effort, really. I mean, she didn't even really do anything. She did lose TomTom, but she doesn't seem too concerned about that. It's like she knew it was coming. Right. She knew it was coming, and she just kind of had to get it out of the way. Like, I think she was upset about it, but it was more like – the inevitable happened. It's like, ah, burn his ashes, bury him under the sept. <laughs> like yeah. that was it. It was like, uh, you know, like it was almost like Ramsey talking about the, the, uh, what's her name? Uh, well, she's got good flesh or good meat. Why don't we feed her to the dogs? <laughs> like Miranda. the kid master's daughter. Miranda. Uh, it was weird, but you know what? She, she won, man. She won. Uh, At least for I, now. You have no debate with, with me on, on the MVP of the episode. You know, you did say for now. You know, for I now. Think she's she's got there's a lot coming her way. She's got problems. You know what? <laughs> Cersei's not gonna go down without swinging. Let's not give up on Cersei yet. Not yet. Not yet. All right, Kevin. It is time to have a lengthy conversation, unfortunately, about the Hall of Fame. And of course, to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, you must be voted in by the Baseball Writers Association of Westeros, and to qualify, you must be dead. So, a lot of people to talk about. Let's start off with Tom. Yeah. Tommen, uh, you know, he's always been a nice gentleman. He's such a gentleman, and he has such respect for the kingdom and the office of king that before he jumps out the window... He puts the crown away. That is nice of him. You know, you got to, that's an artifact that needs to somehow end up eventually in like the, the Westeros's version of a, of a, I don't know what, it, what would you call it? Some sort of, well, like uh, the, the crown jewels of the tower of London, <laughs> like just like in, right, in, in, exactly. in the far future, someone's taking like a little uh, escalator that's on, flat on the ground or, you know, one of those moving walkways, like, and there is a King Tommen's crown and there is queen cersei's uh-huh. crown and then they go buy a postcard and then they go get a snow exactly 
<laughs> exactly. That's what, you know, he had the, the, uh, at least the foresight to recognize that that would be something that people will want to see down the line. Uh, so, you know what? I agree with you. He seemed like a good kid, got a little bit caught up in uh, this whole King thing, got a little bit caught up in this whole religion thing. But, uh, you know, I'll remember him with the, with his cats. You know, that's the, that's what I'll remember him for. You know, he and Marjorie having a little playtime. Like, that was the best Tom Tom that, that we know, not what he became. All right. Hall of Famer? Not a chance. Not a chance. But here's a possibility for a Hall of Famer, and that is Marjorie Tyrell. You know, she was pretty good at the Game of Thrones. I think she was actually great at the Game of Thrones, but she just got beat in the last second with a, a last second shot. The ball just went into the end. And she lost the game. Cersei had just had her number, lost by one. You know, she was the only one who tried to get out. Yeah, she saw it coming, but just a little too late, Andrew. I'm a big fan of Marjorie. I think she's got potential MVP. I'm sorry, a potential Hall of Fame uh, status uh, behind her. You know, she played the game really well. You know, she was she never really had any big like MVP moments. But, you know, she was a consistent uh, all-star throughout her time as a, on the Game of Thrones. So it's going to be tough for me, but I think she's up there. She was queen to three different kings. Let's not forget Renly. Yeah. She negotiated her way in to become queen to Renly. Then she became queen to Joffrey. Then she became queen to Tommen. That's pretty spectacular. That is, except, Andrew, she wanted to be the queen. Not a queen. She wanted to be the queen. Was she ever really the queen? You know, I think with Cersei there, she never really could take that. There could be only one, and, and Cersei won. Yeah, I think Cersei won. So I still think I, she's a Hall know, of Famer. I agree. I think I'd be I'd be interested in voting her. I'm not sure she'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but she's got a, a good chance to eventually end up there. All right, let's move on to talk about Mace Tyrell, best singer in all of Westeros. He is a fashion trendsetter amongst all militant high lords. Mace Tyrell, is he the hero we deserve? I don't think so. I, you know, I really like Mace, but my favorite Mace moments was when the Queen of Thorns was putting him in his place. <laughs> and so... Um, I'm not sure like that's enough to get you in the hall of fame, but he did have some pretty good moments. I like Mace, but sorry, Mace. I don't think you got a chance here. All right, let's move on to talk about Loris, the heir to Highgarden. You know, he actually went on trial. He renounced his lordship. They carved a little uh, seven-pointed star into his forehead, and he still got burned up. Let's not forget, he was power-ranked number two and our best fighters in the realm rankings at the beginning of the season. You know, if he's going to get into the Hall of Fame, it's going to be based on his fighting skills, and I don't think he fought enough to get in. I wanted to see more. He left me wanting more every single time. You know, we saw him versus the Mountain in that, uh, what was that, season? One. Well, that was one, I guess. Season one, yeah. Uh and he obviously showed his stuff. He he, he battled Brienne close. He lost. Their little match. He lost. He lost. He lost. But he met, battled her close, and we we agree that Brienne is one of the top. So he clearly could hold the sword in multiple ways, and was really <laughs> good at at least one of them. And I was a big fan of Loris. Unfortunately, man, he faded down the stretch. He faded. It was, you know. Uh, his career started off so hot and then not a lot left, not a lot left in the tank. Loris, I don't think you get in, but we can recognize your skill as a fighter. We will have to update the power rankings because there will be a vacancy in the number one contender that Loris he's occupied. Like, he's like one of those guys that, uh, you know, in sports that, had like one or two amazing years, and then you just never heard from him again. You're like, God, this guy is gonna be a, a you know, Hall of Famer if he keeps this up, and then just something happens, and you just never hear from him again. And you're like, Hey, whatever happened to that guy? You know what I mean? 
It's usually uh, an injury, so but good. in this term, it was, uh, you know, like Doc Gooden, like incarceration or, or Daryl Strawberry, you know, just yeah. like outside things, you know, got in the way of them being an all timer. So, Loris, I don't think you get in, but I want no. you to take the mantle for this next gentleman and make the case that he's all of famer. And that is, of course, Kevin Lannister. Okay, talk about uh, a guy that has so much to offer and just never really got his moment to offer it. You know, he finally gets an opportunity when, uh, you know, when he's appointed master of war, I believe he was, uh, is there a master of armies or something that, that Cersei tried to give him, uh, you know, as soon as Tommen took over and he said, you know what? I'm better than master of war. I'm going home. <laughs> and he was so right. He was so right because he is better than that. He would have done it had Tommen asked him, but he was not about to take that appointment from Cersei. And he would never take any shit from Cersei because he knows better. He is obviously the kind of leader that Westeros needs, that the Lannisters need, which has never quite got his opportunity. And Andrew, I would absolutely vote him for a Hall of Fame. Not just because he's clearly one of the best minds all of, in all of Westeros, but also Andrew has all of it to back it up. He backed up every single thing he did, except down to the very end when he probably should have seen this whole thing coming. Well, I'm not voting for Kevin. I think you're what? the only one who's going to vote for Kevin. What? When we get the ballots in on the percentage of people who, who voted for <laughs> Kevin, I think it's going to be... Uh, you divided by however many people are voting, I think you might be the only one. Whatever. He deserves it. Okay. He's he's in my MVP. He's in the Kevin MVP. Okay. Well, you Kevin can, you can uh, ha- have your own little plaque at home dedicated to Kevin Lannister. I think you already do. I think you already do. I think those I are might, sitting behind I you. A gold bust of Kevin Lannister. Got, I got a bobblehead right here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I oh, I, 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 but I would own a Kevin Lannister bobblehead. I, I mean, let's not yeah. go that far. I would totally own a Kevin Lannister bobblehead. <laughs> All right, Kevin, a couple Absolutely. more that we need to talk about. The High Sparrow. You know, we know his opinion on shoes. For the past two seasons, he was uh, probably the best player in the game until, you know, Cersei hit her last second shot. High Sparrow, does he get in? I don't think so, Andrew. You know, we have these short-lived kind of uh, fanatics or or zealots or whatever that really convince a lot of people of something. But then you look in history and they're like, hey, remember that one time that one guy did that one thing? And like down the line, it just doesn't quite – It just, I don't think he's going to have like a lasting effect. We're not talking about in a few years like renaming the Sept after the High Sparrow. Uh, I don't think he has that kind of staying power here. And it appears, you know, like freaking she, he just, she just burned up the entire sept, right? Burned the whole place up. And supposedly the entire city was all rallying behind the high sparrow, right? Well, just Cersei just walks into the throne room and just takes the throne. No, nothing, zero, like no, like anything from any of the people that supposedly were behind the high sparrow. I don't know, man. I'm not buying it. He doesn't. He did not quite enough for me. Okay. Well, I think he gets close for me. He was the best player these past two seasons. Uh, he didn't become king, but he de facto led the whole country because he was, uh, you know, telling Tom and what to do. He even got some laws changed about you know eliminating trial by combat. Uh, unfortunately, did not make it out alive. I think he needed to make you know a firm statement get a, a victory against a boss like Cersei, and he did not get that victory. So I'm not going to vote for the High Sparrow, but I acknowledge uh, his, his majesty in, in the past two seasons. Okay, a couple more, Kevin. Grandmeister Pycelle, you know, he's been around since season one, mooching off his creepy loyalty to House Lannister. No chance, right? No, no chance, none at all. Like, he had some funny moments, which I kind of enjoyed, but ever since the uh, ever since the whole thing with like uh, I don't know that when he when we realized he wasn't really that old like that whole thing I just haven't quite respected him near as much. Okay, and we'll just had, to, he's lost my respect to Lancel Lannister. He transitioned from Cersei's boy toy in season one and two to kind of a church fanatic 
fighter guy. No for me. Although he did kill Robert Baratheon. That's that's big time. Or he he indirectly led to the death of Robert Baratheon. You know, King Slayers do have uh, a place in most Hall of Fames. The key in stat. this one I don't think he quite gets there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to say no. All right, speaking of Kingslayer, Walder Frey successfully mm. conspired to kill King Rob Stark. Successfully. You know, he ended the War of the Five Kings with the Red Wedding, became Lord of the Riverlands, something he's always wanted. The Tullys have held the Riverlands forever, and now it's his until his unfortunate death. But he did accomplish it. Walder Frey, Kingslayer, does he get in? You know, this is a good one, Andrew. This one's actually kind of close because Walder did all of this, as he mentioned, without really, like, doing anything, just, like, sitting in his room, which I kind of respect a little bit. Like, I am very impressed with people that don't really have to work that hard to get what they want because that's what I want to do. Like, I don't really want to work hard, but I want success. So I kind of respect that a little bit from him. Unfortunately, the way he went about it, and like the whole way he was offed by Ari by a little girl just coming in and just slicing him, you know, it kind of it's like what do you do in prime time? And he didn't quite you know nail the nail his landing. So uh, I'm probably gonna say no, but it's a close one for me. I'm gonna vote yes. I think those are pretty stellar accomplishments. Like I know he doesn't have the respect, but you know those are key stats. You know he ended the war. He became, you know, a high lord when before everyone he was kind of a laughing stock. He was still a laughing stock, but you know, they had to give him that castle, killed King Rob. I, I know Walder Frey did has has is gonna hard gonna be hard to ignore, you know, keeping him out. So that ends the longest talk about the Hall of Fame qualifiers. Because <laughs> there's so many dead people. Just to catch you up, if you are not a member of the Book of Brothers, you need to go and put your name uh, in an iTunes review, and then you will be able to vote on who becomes a a member of the Hall of Fame, on who gets inducted to the Hall of Fame. So, Kevin, let's talk through this right here because we haven't talked about it. To become a member of the Hall of Fame, you know, in baseball, you've got to have 75% of all ballots have to have that person voted for. I think we should lower it down to like 70, but I think that of all ballots submitted, you've got to have 70% of everybody has to vote yes on you. I'm in. I like that. Okay. So if you want to vote for the Hall of Fame or any of these other categories, like season MVP, uh, front office executive of the year, (laughs) rookie of the year, comeback player of the year, uh, we're going to do an all Westeros team, you know, like an all NBA It'll be the top five characters of the season. If you want to vote on any of those things, you need to go to uh, iTunes, leave a comment with your name in it, and then we'll put you in the Book of Brothers, and then we'll get a hold of you somehow, probably through Twitter, uh, to get your information on on how to get you uh, that ballot. So if you want that ballot sent to you, you need to become a member of the Book of Brothers. Uh, but now, Kevin, it's time to move on and do some wildfire hot takes. Wildfire. Stand clear! Stand clear! Okay, Kevin, let's talk about Arya. Arya, I think, was just declared the chopped champion of Westeros. Her basket ingredients were kumquats, baby fennel, jicama, and the corpse of Black Walder. Do you think she had Hot Pie's help? Yeah, that's a good question. He's probably already on Chopped All-Stars. Like, he's probably uh, one of the ones that competed early on. Or might maybe he's a judge now on, on Chopped. So, you know, you need someone to help you to get on the show and, like, and, and understand how to win it. It's very possible. And that pie, for all, like, the, like the inside of the pie, the crust looked pretty good. You and know, the outside? The, the the crust is all that matters, right? I mean, you I could agree. put jicama and a uh, corpse in there, and it would as long as the crust is fine, <laughs> delicious. A little olive mode, it's just fine. That's all you need. Uh, okay, Andrew. <laughs> uh, how do we follow that? All right, here we go. <laughs> okay, so Andrew, those who follow the new gods or the seven, as we know, 
had a rough week. How long before Matt Stone and Trey Parker compound their sorrows by creating a Broadway musical about them? It might go something like this. Hello, my name is Elder Baylor, and I would like to share with you the most amazing book. What do you think? I like it. What do you think? You know, as we've established in the Book of Brothers, there is a uh, Westeros Theater District or a King's Landing Theater District. Uh, this is, uh, would be most welcome to the people of King's Landing as they are in uh, some pretty dire times at the moment. Would they name it the Seven Pointed Star? Well, like it has the to Book be. Of Mormon? Oh, totally. Seven Pointed Star. Like, you need to read this book. You know, you need to read this book. The most amazing book. It has so many awesome parts. <laughs> Uh, I, I'd see it. Uh, you know, I, I wish someone would actually write the Seven Pointed Star. I bet, I bet more people would read the Seven Pointed Star uh, amongst Game of Thrones watchers than would read the Bible. You know, it just goes to show you kind of more people like people already treat this show and book series like it's the Bible. You know, there's right. different people, you know, with different interpretations, and of course, their interpretation is always right, and they're violently willing to support, you know, their theory that. <laughs> that Varys is a merman or <laughs> that Mira is John's <laughs> twin or some crazy like that. So it already is treated like that. I just think that they should take the next step and they should actually write the seven pointed star. I agree. Okay, Kevin, uh, let's talk about Daenerys. And I want to talk a little bit about Dario in this episode. Daenerys broke up with her high school boyfriend. It's Dario. You know, before mm -hmm. going off to college in Westeros. You know, it's a well-known story that everyone's familiar with. Dario, stuck back in Marine, probably is going to become a mechanic. Not that there's anything wrong with that. End up getting some gal pregnant who works at the Dairy Queen. You know, <laughs> should she have taken Dario with her? What harm would it have really done? I don't know, Andrew. I think Tyrion's right here. What does he really have to offer? You know, but Tyrion, if, for the record, you know, he took Shay with him. That did not work out. And well. that did not work out at all. So maybe he's, he's thinking a little bit about that. You know, we don't get any mention of that or anything, but that's my take. And, you know, you know, for his credit, Dario had some pretty nice words. I think his quote was something like, I don't want a crown. I want you. And I was thinking to myself, I think that's a Jason Derulo song. Like if it's not, it might, it, I think it has to be right. Jason Derulo. I I'm thinking that's a Jason Derulo song in well, 2017. I, so. I agree. You know, the only thing about it is, you know, she goes to college unencumbered. You know, there's a lot of frat dudes in Westeros. Right. She can, you know, she might go crawling back to Dario, like, you know, when she goes home for Christmas. But never know. Never know. But, you know, poor Dario. Do you think we'll ever see Dario again? I don't think so. I'm going to go with no. Maybe that's a bet for the Westgate Westeros. Do we see Dario and do we see Jorah ever again? I think we see Jorah again. I don't think we see Dario again. That dude's been the boyfriend on like five different TV shows. So he's going to go get a job <laughs> for, you know, ABC's, you know, Shonda Rhimes number five show. And he'll be the boyfriend <laughs> on that show. So he's going to go get another job and not be, be available next year. So I don't think we'll see Dario. Jorah got some unfinished business. Fair enough. All right, Andrew. Jon Snow declared king of the north again with a little help from his friends which get out the vote speech did you like the best and i've got a few options for you leanna mormont which we saw this episode samwell on the lord commander also for john or theon on the whole salt throne thing which one did it best which one rocked the vote leanna mormont and not close. I agree. Not close. That's the only one I ever got like, not necessarily chills, but kind of like, like that little little movement up your spine. I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's my king too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this this little girl can can get a crowd riled up. She can. Man. You know what? She she, she was calling everybody out too. It's not like she was 
you know, giving this rah-rah, she was calling people out. She was like, hey, you messed up. You screwed this whole thing up. What do you have to say for yourself? Right, right. No, I agree. I think she was the best. Uh, I think she's got a future in that. I don't, I don't know how she can monetize it, but she needs to figure it out because she's got a bright future ahead of her. All right, that's uh, that's all I got there, Andrew. I am glad, though, that, that John was declared King of the North, just the North. so I could see more King of the North uh uh, chance because those are the best. The king in the north. All right, Kevin, we did see a white raven this episode, and as you know, white ravens are sent to all to all of the uh, great houses of Westeros from this citadel in Old Town, uh, and they signify that winter has officially come. When you see that white raven, it's time for winter. But I got to thinking, you know, we should signify other big events you know in our own lives by sending out ravens to different people so what other types of ravens can we send out to signify big events i've got a couple ideas for you um you could take a raven and then dip it in barbecue sauce and then send (laughs) it out to all your friends to signify a fourth of july barbecue like oh fourth of july barbecue at andrew's house i just got this barbecue (laughs) sauce covered raven (laughs) or you could take all your ravens inject them with steroids to make them like real muscly, like real buff and send uh-huh. them out and let everybody know that the NFL is back. Kickoff like time. Kickoff coming. I like that too. Uh, I got one for you. How about like a really nondescript black Raven and a turtleneck that arrives signifying of course that Apple is about to release a new iPhone. See, I'd be so excited if I got that on my door. I'm like, Oh, the new <laughs> iPhone is out. Yay, new iPhone. Uh, All right, here's another one. Just a dead raven. A dead raven just shows up on your doorstep, which, of course, indicates that a new outbreak of the bird flu is upon us. It's important. That's important. important. Watch out for the dead raven. (laughs) (laughs) So if you have any other ideas about what ravens can be sent out to to signify, you know, large and important events, let us know at at Make Westeros. I I think there's there's a lot of uh, potential for... You know, useful information and maybe a little a little comedy uh, in coming Agreed. up with those. Uh, but speaking of ravens, speaking of Old Town, Sam visits the Old Town Library and just has a ball. Mm. Right? But what kind of Dewey Decimal System do you think they have in place at that library? Obviously, it's very primitive. But, you know, how's he going to find his White Walker research pieces? That's a good question. Uh, you know, we know one thing. Gilly is not going to be helping him find it. Well, she, the she knows how to read now. Per- she knows how to read now. I understand, but the maesters are real serious about no girlies or kiddos in the library. Uh, they were real serious about that. Although he might sneak them in. You know, he's he's down to do that. But I, I don't know. The way I think about the, the Dewey Decimal System, I'm sure there's just some research maesters that just you know they didn't have any people skills, so they're like, "Oh, you're gonna be the maester of the library, the research library." And I kind of liken it to like, remember in law school, where like the people were that didn't talk to anybody, we just assumed they'd all go be research attorneys. Uh, I think that's kind of the same thing here. The people that sit like in the front, they don't really talk to anybody. Like they're the research maesters. Well, that's but you kinda, need those. That's Sam. You know, Sam is that. Sure. No, he would have been a great research maester. But he's he's got to go track those people down because we've only got two seasons left. The Wild Walkers are coming, and Sam is a whole continent away. He needs to start what about his some dad? Books. What about his dad? This seems a little too scary for, for Pops, knowing exactly where he's going. Don't you think Pops is going to be a little upset that he stole the sword and is just well, over in Old Town? Okay, so I don't know if this is true. We don't know this from any evidence from the show. But his pops is like one of the main generals of the uh, Tyrell army. So I'm assuming uh-huh. he's either on a boat with Danny or waiting for Danny to get there to help her out. Because he's a, a, a reach general, like a really good reach general. Huh. okay, cool. So that's, that's interesting. He's probably occupied at the moment. Fair enough. Well, speaking of Danny. 
you know, she renamed Slaver's Bay this episode because of its bad connotation, of course, now called the Bay of Dragons. I was looking at a map of Westeros, wondering also, you know, maybe there's some other places due for a good renaming based on uh, questionable connotation. I've got some for you, uh, Andrew. Let me know if you think these should be renamed or if they should just stay the same, okay? The first one up, Fist of the First Men. Yeah, we need to change that. We got to change it. I don't like it. that at all. I don't, I, I don't like I don't it like at that. all. I don't like it at all. <laughs> Like all there, right. there's so many good names for it. Like it's the uh, the Rock of Dreams. You know? Sure, that's way better. Yeah, <laughs> that's way better. We found this stuff at the Rock of Dreams. Oh wow, the Rock of Dreams. That's cool. Fist of the First Men sounds not good. Okay, all right. Here's another one. Naga's ribs. I'm okay with that one. You're okay with Naga's ribs uh, compared to some of these other ones. Naga's ribs can stay. Okay, all right. I really want Naga's ribs to be a barbecue place. That's that's that was my next comment. Is that's that, you're going with it's, it? <laughs> it's too much. It's too easy to like have a, a you know gentle slide into commerce and like you know barbecue can just pop up around there. Like this is a rib joint. All right, here's another one. Uh, Hell Holt. Oh, see, I don't know Hell Holt. What is Hell Holt? You just did you just I find it on a map? I think it well. I definitely just found it on a map. I think if I recall, it might be down in Dorn, like really hot Hellholt. Okay, uh, well, probably is Hellholt down there. Uh, I think that it's more descriptive than you know some fancy name. Let's keep it accurate. Hellholt stays. Okay, Hellholt stays. All right. What about the Gulf of Grief? Too hard to say. <laughs> I don't have any problems with like it's like a it's like a bummer of a name, but it's too hard to say, so we gotta change it. Like, how about just like the Gulf of Happiness, Gulf of Rainbows? How about the Gulf of Gravy? Gulf of Gravy. That's a little easier to say, but we're still yeah. Gulf of Grief is good to say. Uh, This this next one, Uh, I'm not okay with. I'm not okay with this one. You're not okay with the Bay of Crabs? No. Let's change it. Let's change that. You don't like the Bay of Crabs at all. Huh? No. Okay, we'll change that one. Here's one more, a couple more here. The Cockle Swint River. Okay, you've said Cockle Swint before. Like in one of your book of brothers, you've used the I word co- Cockle Swint. I think and I'm I like, just liked the word. like where, where did he come up with that word? I, so you got it from I definitely Game of found it on the map. I just found it on the map. I just found it on the map. <laughs> I, mean, I just open up my Westeros map and I look at all the funny words and I use the funniest one on my book of brothers. Like, I don't really know where any of it is. Okay. I mean, I mean the cockle swent river. Let's keep that. Okay. All right. We'll keep that. A couple more here. Uh, nuns deep. <laughs> um, what's your thought on this one? I- I'm, I'm prone to keeping it. I kind of like it too, for some reason. I'm not sure why. All right, we're going to keep nuns deep. The last one, Andrew, Long Sister. Yeah, Long Sister. Is that a place or is that a sword? I'm pretty sure Long Sister is one of the islands of the, like, sister islands or something. Is that a thing? Oh, I think it's, that makes sense. There's, like, Long Sister and, like, Short Sister and some other. I don't know. I, I could be making this up. But I think it's some islands up in the north somewhere. Well, I think if we change it, we have to change up all the sister islands, and that's just way too much work. I'm not into too it. much work. It's too a long much sister. Work. Okay, there you go. Okay, let's there move on go. and do some gambling updates. We are not gamblers. You are the world's best gamblers. Gambling. Forty thousand gold dragons to the champion. Look at the fun we're having. Okay, Kevin, we got to talk about the death pool. Tom and Baratheon dies. He pays out at 5-2, to two, and that is 8 points in the death pool. High Sparrow dies, pays out at 2-1, to one, that's 7 points in the death pool. And Walder Frey dies. He was uh, number 3 on the overall list. He pays out at 2-3 to three for 3 points. So overall, if you were going to win the death pool, you needed to pick Hodor. Hodor was the only like crazy outlier in this whole bed sheet. Yeah, you're right. I'm looking at it right now. 
you know, we picked the first few pretty well. Roos, Alistair, and Walder were the were the most likely to die. And then you had even odds on Alaria Sand, who clearly is still kicking it. Tormund survived, Mel survived, and then you get to the High Sparrow and Tommen. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, th- I think you're right. We had some favorites that certainly died. The top three favorites uh, went away, but and then the the crazy long shot also lost too. So, uh, kind of wild. You know, I did the math, and if every if it's so if there's I think 83 bets on the entire board, if there was one bet for a dollar placed on every bet, so everybody bet it even. You know what what the the book theoretically wants. The book would have came out ahead like five dollars, other than Hodor. Mm. The Hodor thing bankrupts them. Like, they're down $45. Yeah. The good news is not many people bet Hodor to die because nobody wants to bet Hodor to die. Like, if, that's just, that's a, that's a good news. If you did, you can own the sports book. You can own the casino. Like, it, it, they can just sign <laughs> over the deed to you. It's over. I mean, he was the highest long shot on the board, and that's what... Other than that, the book would have made just a little bit of money, which is what they're trying to do, mm-hmm. other than Hodor. With Hodor, they lost. But let's talk about a couple more of these ones. Cersei Wine Sips, that's over under 13 and a half. The under pays here. Yeah, but, uh, clear under. Her her last wine sip was pretty epic. Yeah, when you pour it on someone's face, I don't think that counts as a sip, like because it didn't wasn't consumed, but it was pretty pretty cool too well, i'm talking about the sip she took after the explosion she watched the oh explosion yeah that was pretty epic and too. then she did a little sip yeah i i'm gonna take a sip right now uh mostly because i'm still thinking about kevin lannister <laughs> okay and then what character will have the most on-screen kills cersei wins that out of nowhere wow and uh, actually that's a field win so that's even yeah. odds you know, Jon Snow would have paid 30 to 1 if not for the Cersei win. So that's a big win for the book as well. Yeah, the field bet's always good, uh, especially because it only played paid even odds. Everyone probably loaded up on Drogon, paying at 1 to 3, uh, because that was a very likely one. I think I probably would have loaded up on Drogon. Uh, and and Robert Strong as well. So those those heavy favorites did not pay off at all. So if you had a little field bet, hopefully you uh, you you at least uh, covered yourself a little bit with that. Uh, and then to cover up the last two, what character will sit the throne at the end of the season? Cersei ten to one pays. I did not see that coming. Well, you must have seen it coming a little bit, Andrew, because I was impressed that Cersei was only 10 to 1. That was the fourth most likely to sit on the Iron Throne. Although, to be fair, you had Kevin Lannister at 12 to 1, which I'm a big fan of. (laughs) Well, he was the hand. He was like the vice president at that point. Right, right. Well, I appreciate that, uh, even if it, you know, you didn't really mean it. But uh, you, you you had Cersei there at 10 to 1 just for some... You know, for for some other reference, the field was five to one and no one or unclear was two to one. I would have probably looked at those before I would have looked at Cersei Lannister. So Cersei, while a long shot, not a crazy long shot, ends up on the Iron Throne. And the last one, how many words will be in the title of the final episode of the season? That's four. The Winds of Winter pays out at six to one. So... I think this betting thing was pretty fun. Uh, maybe we'll do it again next year. Maybe we'll come out with like the early, early odds. You know how, like when the sure. NCAA football championships over, like the next day they have odds to win 2017 national <laughs> championship. Maybe we'll release right. something uh, sometime this summer and then update it before the season next year. Just depends on how motivated we get. But I think this That's betting it. thing. This betting thing kind of sets us apart, and no one else is, is is doing this. Of course not. That's that's why you come here. That's why you come here. That's why you come here. You learn about how to book a parlay <laughs> with your bookie. All right, Andrew, how about we get to the Book of Brothers? Book of Brothers. I've always dreamed about having a brother. 
All the great deeds of all the great kings go out, huh? That is correct. All right. If you don't know by now, it's very simple. You just go out to the podcast on iTunes, hit subscribe, leave us a comment and a rating, whatever. Give us a five-star review. Then leave your name, some sort of reference to your name. That's it. And you're in the Book of Bros. And you have, Andrew, I think what we want to do here, we've got a week or so, uh, at least for the folks that are not in the Book of Brothers yet, to go out and do it because we're going to be sending out our uh, ballot for these uh, end-of-season awards, which will be on the next episode, uh, which will be coming probably next week, I would bet. Well, don't you think, Andrew? Should we give it a week? Yeah, we've got 4th uh, of and, July next week. I'm going to be out of town. But yeah, so it'll be we're the not going to be on like two. a firm schedule, but like, you know, probably within the next 10 days or so. Well, yeah. within the next 10 days, we'll probably do, uh, you know, get the ballot set, maybe do a podcast about the ballot, give people time to vote, and then later on uh, tabulate it and do do the full season wrap up. Yeah, definitely. Right. It's coming. So, Andrew, we've got a couple book of bros to add this week. Uh, number one is Matthew, and uh, I'll handle this one, Andrew. Uh, he's called Matthew R.R. R. George uh, in Westeros there. He's a Westerosi novelist, a screenwriter, a producer, known for stories in fantasy and horror and science fiction genres, best known for international best-selling series of epic fantasy novels, A Song of Stars and Stripes. It's a story about a land with a fiery ruling class, religious zealots, race and class-based strife, and leaders that are overthrown every four to eight years. But the land also has really cool fantasy and magic shit like monster trucks and pizza delivery drones. Oh, man. I'm into that. I hope that this is not on the topic of Booker Brothers, but like someone takes the Game of Thrones concept and kind of melds it into modern times, and we get like monster truck fights and pizza delivery drones like in modern times. <laughs> That was a little meta, uh, that one, but I think it's a good one because I would probably read the Westerosi uh, fictional uh, fantasy genre about the A Song of Stars and Stripes. Okay, here, I think that here's was another idea. Good. A Song of Stars and Stripes, would you watch an HBO version of the founding of the country told in Game of Thrones style? Are you kidding me? I think we should quit the podcast right now and write it. Well, so it's like John Adams, but like less talky talky, more fighty fight. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> exactly. I don't think. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have to recast that. I don't think those folks are. None of those folks are gonna work. We gotta want Paul Giamatti. Like, <laughs> we're gonna have to recast I, I, Paul Giamatti with The Rock. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna have to be a whole new thing but we could get there i think okay I, i'm into that okay let's move on and do brooks brooks is the designer brooks along with his brother served as the personal clothing designers for queen cersei they famously believed that elegance is not about being noticed it's about being remembered unfortunately the brooks brothers will not be remembered because queen cersei had them executed so they cannot reproduce their work for poor people. Poor, Brooks. poor Brooks brothers. Poor Brooks brothers. But you know what? Brooks is added to the book of brothers, and those are the only brothers that matter. Congratulations to Matthew and Brooks. Uh, again, very simple. Go leave us a uh, comment, rating, review on iTunes. That five-star rating gets you into the book of brothers, and you... We'll be able to vote on all of the end of season awards coming up very soon. Andrew, it is known prediction time. It is known. It is known. It is known. It is known. Okay, Kevin. Predictions for next season. Next episode? Maybe the next two seasons. Like, what's going to happen to wrap this whole show up? All right, I got a couple like fairly soon things to happen. I think Arya is going to join the Brotherhood without banners. Okay, kind of crazy. Melisandre is going to do it too. I think they're going to start crewing up. I think we might see a new crew forming with the Brotherhood without banners. 
with with some with some girls with Mel with Aria. I think that could be kind of cool to see them kind of brewing up a little bit, and then obviously they have a, a reason. They're going north. They're they are going uh, to fight uh, off the White Walkers as well. So I think that would be an interesting little element. You know, Danny's crewing up with most of Westeros, so that will be interesting. Jamie, uh, Jamie's got a decision to make. Andrew, that look with uh, with Cersei, where he's like, "What did you do?" It was a little concerning. I'm not sure. Would Cersei, if she thinks Jamie's a threat, is she gonna off? Is she gonna off Jamie, or is Jamie gonna off Cersei? What's gonna happen there? That seemed a little weird. Yeah, very weird. Very, very weird. You, that storyline may be the most interesting going forward. The, 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 I agree. the, the dynamic between those two. Like, I'm most interested to know what happens between those two. I'm so with you. I know it's such a small plot point on, you know, in comparison to like what's coming, but I'm really into figuring that out. So uh, that's the one thing I'm really looking forward to next season, Andrew. You got some it is known predictions? I do. I just want to say I don't think we should count Cersei out just yet. I think people think, okay, Cersei's the queen, but she doesn't have any allies. The Tyrells are against her now. The Martells or the Dorns against her now. You know, the Freys are gone. Like, how is she going to get out of this? She's not going to be in power for long. Like, let's not count Cersei out just yet. She, if she's going to go down... She's going to go down swinging. We, we learned that this episode. Uh, she's probably going to sell everything in King's Landing to buy sell swords. You know, maybe she'll ally with Euron. Maybe she'll ally with the slavers from Slaver's Bay. She's going to have some kind of weapon, some kind of new strategy that's going to throw this thing up in the air. So I, I don't think that it's you know a, a slam dunk that, you know, Danny's gonna sweep in, and then it's over, and then Danny and John are gonna fight the White Walkers, and then the show's over. That's not how this show's gonna go. Do you think that Tyrion is going to have a face-off with Cersei? I think that feels real epic. I hope so. I think they're gonna meet again. I really hope so. Just I want one more scene between them. I don't need anything prolonged. I don't even think it needs to be that long of a scene, but I just think there needs to be, you know, they need to get over whatever beef they have. They need to talk it out. <laughs> I, don't think, talk I don't out. think they're going to. Well, I, I mean, maybe gonna. I think the most cathartic thing is, you know, maybe they realize this is this is all really dumb. You know, they're brother and sister. Like, why are they doing this? And then one of them has to murder the other one. Yeah, and it's I all, it's all on the table. There's like 13 episodes left. Tyrion could die easily. Like, he's not gonna die this season, but he could die. Anybody could die easily from now on, right? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think you're right. We're on the home stretch uh, in, in this thing, and so yeah, I think we're gonna start seeing. I mean, we saw Marjorie go down. A lot of people thought Marjorie might be sticking around for a while, so that was kind of a surprise. Even though right before the episode, we all said who we thought was going to die. And you said Tom Tom and I said Marjorie and everyone went, what? We were both and right. And then we were both right. But that was good. So uh, except one of the people in the room said Sansa was going to die. And I did not agree with that. <laughs> so uh, we need to watch the, the show with different people, I think, is really what it comes down to. I think so. Um <laughs> all right well andrew do you have anything else before we get out of here for uh for this episode you know make sure to get into the book of brothers if you want to vote on the who won the season who was the mvp and the hall of famers get into the book of brothers uh and if you want to make a case for a specific candidate for the hall of fame or for mvp t tell us on twitter uh maybe we'll figure out a way to get some audio that you can make a verbal case on the next podcast for why a person should be in the Hall of Fame or why a person should be the Rookie of the Year, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to let you make the case. We're going to let you vote, but you have to be in the Book of Brothers first to go onto iTunes and make that rating, make a comment. Uh, absolutely. It's that easy. 
And Andrew, we will be having uh, some more episodes certainly coming up. We're going to do, obviously, a season recap. We're going to have an awards show that we don't have. We haven't named the awards yet, but maybe we need like a whole like awards name thing uh, to name things. I don't know. We're going to come up with all that. But I don't think we should name it after Game of Thrones people. I think we should name it after other people. Oh, I'm totally into that. Yeah, I'm totally into it's that. It's not like the Robert uh, Baratheon MVP award. Like, no, it's got to be like the Kobe Bryant MVP award or something like that. Sure. We'll we'll make it awesome, whatever it is, I'm sure. We'll figure something out. But until then, Andrew, you can find us at Make Westeros on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook slash Make Westeros Great Again. And uh, if you want to reach out to us via email, if you want to give us some audio potentially about uh, why you think someone's deserving of the Hall of Fame, you can send us something at uh, makewesterosgreatagain at gmail.com. But until then, let's get out of here, Andrew, with a little Valamogolis. Valado Hyres. <laughs>